And do you agree the subject is not talked about enough and that EMF exposure can be a big threat to your health? Absolutely, on both counts. Uh, we know that it's a threat. It's not just a threat. It is, uh, it's a detriment to many people's health today. And uh, with your other point about not being talked about, uh, it's encouraging to see that some are beginning to talk about it. But for the mainstream, for the average person, it's definitely not talked about enough yet. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. Hello and welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gervais. I am a certified holistic nutritionist and the host of the show. At Food Integrity Now, we like to investigate and explore what's happening in our food supply so that you can make wise decisions for your health and for your family's health. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Ben Sound Music for our intro and outro music. My guest today is Lance Leonard. As a child, Lance's interests included science, nature, and art. As a young adult, his interests expanded to include the study and practical application of consciousness research. In his 20s, Lance's focus became more refined into specific areas which revolved around the theme of human well-being. During this time, he was fortunate to learn from and study with some remarkably accomplished people who influenced his thinking and actions in various areas of his endeavors. Although Lance was a good student in school and college, his most important education has largely come through mentorship and partnerships. After 30 years of working successfully in the health and wellness industry, Lance and his wife, Lindia, co-founded New Phoenix Rising, a company dedicated to addressing the root cause of and providing solutions to major health challenges that we face today. New Phoenix Rising's development of a science of quantum infusion in conjunction with their team of quantum physicists has greatly expanded his understanding of the human energy system, what can harm it and what keeps it healthy. Lance's mission now is to assist people to wake up to the many factors which are causing great harm to people and to take positive steps to reduce or eliminate these negative influences. These negative forces are just beginning to be talked about and unfortunately take many forms. Although many of them fall into this category, out of sight, out of mind, EMFs is one of the most difficult to become aware of and the most challenging to deal with. Welcome, Lance. It's great to be here, Carol. Thank uh, you. I'm excited to have you on the show today. And today we're going to be discussing EMFs. And I think most everyone has heard this term, but in my opinion, not enough people are concerned or are really even talking about it. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll be talking about it with people and I'll say something about EMFs and they'll go, Oh, I've heard of that, but I'm not really sure what that means. In the meantime, they have their cell phone in their pocket. And so I think there needs to be a little bit more education about this. So when you think about it, 
everything you do from making coffee with your electric coffee maker to taking a shower to let's say taking the train to work buying groceries using your cell phone on your computer you're exposing yourself in some small or large way to the adverse effects and, and the dangers of EMFs, which are invisible force fields that surround all electrical devices. And for many, uh, these invisible energy fields appear to be benign. Um, you know, perhaps they have no symptoms, at least none that they can recognize, but others and I'm one of those others, seem acutely attuned to what others can't see, touch, or feel. So Lance, uh, I know you've been studying EMFs, and do you agree the subject is not talked about enough and that EMF exposure can be a big threat to your health? Absolutely, on both counts. Uh, we know that it's a threat. It's not just a threat, it is, uh, it's a detriment to many people's health today. And uh, with your other point about not being talked about, uh, it's encouraging to see that some are beginning to talk about it, but for the mainstream, for the average person, it's definitely not talked about enough yet. Yeah, it's not. And it's, it's interesting because in other countries, uh, for example, the cell phone rules are the strictest, and I don't know if you knew this, in Iran and Russia. Wow, I did not. I knew that, that the regulations were uh, stricter in some European countries, but I did not know about the, the Iran and Russia being the strictest. Well, I was listening to Dr. Diedrich Klinghart, who is just fantastic, and he, he's really one of the experts in this area as well, as it um, really affects human health. And he said that one of his colleagues was listening to Putin, at, who at one of his lectures to the assembly said that we don't need to go to war with America. America is committing collective suicide by the way they're using electricity. We just have to wait until they are all in the psychiatric hospital saying that I'm a big Putin fan or anything. I just thought that was an interesting comment. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, uh, not to put down Russia or anything, but, you know, all I can say to that is they ought to know because they've used uh, different frequencies of EMF on their own population at various times. And as have we here in this country uh, as, a, as a weapon or at the very least as an experiment so um, I think there's a lot more about this known than most people realize. Uh, un unfortunately, there are huge interests uh, in keeping that unknown oh, for yeah. various reasons, financial yeah. being a big one, of course. Yeah, and one more thing in my research that I found that uh, Chinese women in Beijing who are pregnant are required to wear protective clothing to cover, to protect their womb. Wow. And this is, I mean, this is true. This is not hearsay and it's actually enforced. So I think it's really interesting that so many other countries are, are, are doing more than we are. So that being said, what have you found in, in your research are some of the real dangers of the EMF exposure? Well, there are many dangers and 
one of the dangers is the um, actually one of the biggest dangers are the companies that are benefiting from people not knowing about this because they're actually skewing the research. And we can get into that a little in a little bit. But uh, some of the most basic symptoms that people experience are things like headaches, difficulty sleeping, heart arrhythmia, palpitations, uh, tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears, fatigue, depression, anxiety, difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, uh, infertility, skin rashes, uh, redness, vertigo, nausea, uh, reduced immune system function in general, and cardiac nervous system and endocrine system dysregulation, among others. Now, one of the things that is tricky about this is that people might be experiencing one or more of these symptoms but have no idea where it's coming from. And of course, uh, very, very, very few doctors are trained in this as even being a possibility. So their, their doctors aren't going to be much help either. So for people who figured out that they're suffering from some form of EMF uh, reaction or pollution, usually it's because they figured it out on their own. Uh, so it's, it's not an easy thing unless we educate people. And, of course, that's part of what we're doing right now. But there, there are many other things, uh, symptoms as well that we can talk about. But those are some of the more uh, basic ones. And I know you've studied this a lot, too. Uh, would you add anything to that? Well, no, I, th I think it's, it's a little tricky at times because, you know, you, you have symptoms and maybe the EMFs, and I think a lot of times it can be, but if you take a look at all the toxins we're exposed to, it's the, um, it's the accumulation of all of the toxins that, so sometimes it's really hard to diagnose yourself, but I think that you can do this. So if, if, you, if you think maybe that you have some EMF sensitivity, then, then you take some of the steps which we're gonna be talking about to eliminate, or it's really hard to eliminate, but to reduce that exposure. And if those symptoms go away, then you know, that's it. Right. There's a, there's a, uh, a well, I was going to say young man. I think he's probably about 40. Uh, I'm showing my age here, but um, <laughs> he was, uh, he was, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm not remembering his name. You might know who I'm talking about, but he, he was a, a, a big in the tech world in the sense of, you know, a big promoter of technology, worked in Silicon Valley and was having some symptoms that were, uh, you know, more than just annoying. They were de uh, debilitating and becoming worse. And he could not figure out what it was. He went to various doctors and one of his friends started suggesting to him that it could be EMF, a reaction to EMF. And he just poo-pooed that. He said, no, no, no. And he wouldn't go there. And uh, despite his friends urging him to check it out, well, one day he took a trip up to the mountains into a little cabin that had no electricity, no cell phone reception. Basically, you know, there was almost no uh, EMF around and his symptoms went away. Now, this was a wake up call for him, of course. And now he's a big uh, proponent of people protecting themselves. And, you know, he's still a techie guy. He drives a Tesla but he customized his Tesla with shielding. I don't know how much he spent on that, but I imagine a few dollars more <laughs> yeah. than most people could afford. But he did that to his car just because he couldn't really use his car otherwise, and he, he liked the idea of an electric car. So 
Um, you know, there, there are, there is a group of people that's growing, unfortunately, that are extremely sensitive, who are, you know, hypersensitive hyper to EMF. And some of these people uh, basically have to move themselves out of the mainstream lifestyle completely just to live because their symptoms are so intense. And, you know, what has been suggested by the, again, the mainstream science is that this is an aberration. This is a very, very tiny percentage. But apparently that is not the case. Uh, there's some uh, countries now, like Sweden is one, that actually uh, have tracked it enough to say that, you know, it's a, it's a sizable percentage, like somewhere between 20 to 30 percent. And some people estimate that is increasing. So that's one way to know. But of course, uh, hopefully most of us can figure it out before we get to that point of becoming hypersensitive. Right. Well, uh, I, I want to bring up um, Dr. Klinghart again. And if mm -hmm. you want to check him out, anybody, it's um, klinghartinstitute.com and it's K-L-I-N-G-H-A-R-D-T institute.com. He sees, his clinic sees really sick people. I mean, people come to him, you know, with, um, you know, stage four cancer, uh, Lyme disease, you know, some of the really tough ones. And he will not even take them as a patient unless they agree to reduce their exposure to EMFs because he said the body just cannot detox properly when you have this constant onslaught of EMF exposure. So, I mean, that's one of the first places he starts with his patients. Yes, and you may know, Carol, that the, the EMF actually inhibits the body's ability to detox from other pollutants as well. Right. Uh, uh, so, one of that, which brings us to another point, which is that uh, a lot of what the industry has done is focused on thermal heating. In other words, uh, or thermal tissue heating, basically, um, you know, the, and saying, well, that's the only thing they've actually even looked at, which of course is important. But they're, uh, what we're learning now uh, is that that, you know, there are many, many, many non-thermally related symptoms from Wi-Fi. And so uh, as that becomes known, I think that's going to really blow the lid off of this, so to speak, because that is really where the where, where the worst things I think are going to come from or are coming from in terms of um, you know the uh, negative effects. Yeah. The not non-thermal um, and you know that there's a lot of research on this. People don't realize that you know uh, that this has gone on. Like the U.S. Navy of all places has at least 2,300 studies showing biological effects, negative biological effects of EMF. Now, what they don't have, or if they do, they're not telling us, is the link between those negative biological effects and a quote-unquote disease. Um, for anyone who's been you know, learning about health uh, in, a, in a holistic way, you understand already that um, what we call disease is really the late stage of something that could have just been some mild symptoms. Uh, it's those little symptoms that lead to the big problem eventually. And so the industry hides behind that idea the, uh, is that they, they don't track long-term and they also uh, don't look at anything but thermal-related effects. 
Interesting, that reminds me that there is a 650-page report that was published back in 2012 uh, by the Bioinitiative Group. I'll put a link to this on the show page, but they compiled over 2,000 studies that outline the effects of EMFs from all sources on human health. So there, there are studies out there, but they're not mainstream. So again, I will, I will, I will post that because uh, this information really needs to get out. And like we mentioned earlier, it just needs to be, you know, talked about more so that people can, you know, take steps to protect their health. And we're going to talk a little bit more with Lance about what he's learned. And also, we're going to leave you with some really great solutions. So, um, you know, we're kind of like, here's the bad news, but here's what we can do about it. So you have been researching EMFs and quantum infusion. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that, Lance. Okay. Well, you know, just one more thing I want to tag about the research before we go into the quantum infusion part, which is that uh, there's also a study, and this is from University of Washington, that shows the difference between the non-industry funded studies on EMF and the industry funded studies on EMF. Shocker. Oh my (laughs) gosh, is it ever. It's like you know, the harmful effects from industry studies, 68% of them say there's no harmful effects. 32% say there is. These are industry-funded studies. Now, if you take all the studies that are non-industry-funded, and it's almost exactly the opposite, 70% say there's a harmful effect, 30% say no effect. So it's a flip-flop. This is not statistically possible to happen without some kind of built-in bias. Um, so, you know, this is from the University of Washington, uh, compiled by uh, Dr. Henry Lai, L-A-I. And uh, so again, this is not a secret, it's just that people aren't connecting the dots here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's really, there is, to understand this, you have to look, you know, beyond just the, uh, you know, the data, quote unquote, you have to look at, who's funding what and what is their agenda and and then really make come to your own conclusions but i think anybody who sees this in front of them in a in a concentrated way would have to conclude at the very least this is really dangerous and i'm going to take some steps you know to protect myself yeah and before we get into the um, quantum infusion i just want to name a few of the sources of emfs that maybe some people aren't aware of you know of oh, course, great. Of course, we know cell phones, cordless phones, microwaves, computers, smart TVs, power lines, fitness trackers, routers, headphones, electroviolet waves, x-rays, cell phone towers, airplanes. And, and that's not a complete list, but those are some of the big ones. And let me add to that Wi-Fi and smart meters. Um, those are really uh, important ones too. Yeah, I mean, Wi-Fi is a huge culprit, and and uh, maybe people don't know what smart meters are. You want to just 
tell them real quick? Sure. Briefly, smart meters are what is being, uh, you know, you have each house and every building that is hooked up to the electrical grid has a meter, and that's so that they know how much money to charge you for that electricity that they're providing. And those meters used to be analog. In other words, they were mechanical, and they would just, you know, that little, you probably remember as a kid looking at the meter and seeing the little thing spin around yeah. on the side of your house on the outside so the meter reader could come over and uh, check it once a month, and then they'd send you your bill. Well, nowadays, they're replacing all these with these, what they call smart meters. Now, the smart meter is just basically uh, making the tracking of the information digitized. And of course, that opens up all kinds of other possibilities, like uh, more specifically looking at which appliances are, as, as appliances become quote unquote smart, meaning they track things, um, then they can do all kinds of tracking on that. But the the damaging part is that they send a signal, they send and receive signals to a, um, well, actually what they usually do, the way they're set up is there's a group of houses or apartments, depending on what we're talking about, and they will all send their signal to one uh, meter, and then that meter communicates with the main grid. And this is all done through radio frequency signals. And these signals, the way that they are uh, modulated, makes them incredibly harmful to people. Um, and again, the, you know, they'll they'll hide behind all kinds of things in the industry, but we know that these are not good. We've had personal experience with people, um, you know, having making a huge difference using technology that we'll talk about in a little bit to to uh, counteract that. But um, smart meters, you can have them removed. All you have to do is call the phone company and say, "I'd like my meter re uh, replaced with an analog meter." Uh, unfortunately, they're going to charge you for that, and they're going to charge you a monthly fee for that. But you know what? Uh, it, it's a small price to pay if you're, you know, feeling a lot better because of that. So we, I know that's true at our house. We don't have a smart meter. We we had to have it removed because it it had one when we moved in. So yeah, uh, I, and a lot of people may not be aware that they can do that. So thanks for um, thanks for sharing that, Lance. That's that's really good to know. So let's move on and talk about what you have found and uh, what is quantum infusion and how do, how do you um, how does this relate to EMFs? So quantum infusion is something that when most people, even people in the world of EMF protection, hear about it, they it's like <laughs> the the first reaction is usually, what are you talking about? Because it is a completely different approach to uh, dealing with this issue. Now, the standard approach, when I say standard, I mean, this is really a new new world here we're talking about. This has not been uh, going on very long, meaning people protecting themselves from EMF. Most every approach that's out there that I'm aware of uh, involves some means of blocking EMF. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, I do it myself, even though I have this other form of protection that I'm going to describe to you, because you know what? Why not? <laughs> why, yeah, yeah you know? I agree. I agree. Why, why, you know, it's mm -hmm. all one big experiment in a sense. Mm -hmm. And we are the guinea pigs, unfortunately. So uh, I, my rule of thumb is take every uh, reasonable precaution that you can, especially if it's easy to do, like turning your Wi-Fi off at night is the simplest thing in the world to do because it's worse if you're getting exposed to it when you're asleep than when you're actively awake. And uh, that's a simple thing to do. You can put your, you can put it on a timer. You can go in and you can go through the parental controls of your router. 
I mean, I, I figured it out just watching a YouTube how to do that with the parental control. So that's great. Yeah, yeah I, I hadn't that hadn't even occurred to me. That's a great idea, and you know, it can also have other benefits like getting you off the internet if you have a habit of staying on too late at night, which exactly. is you know can be very disruptive to your sleep patterns staring at a screen. So you can actually improve your your life that way too, just by putting it on a timer and and enforcing it on yourself. It's not just your kids. You know, it might be you. Uh, I have to be honest, I have had that happen where I'll wake up during the night sometime and I'll go, oh, I just want to check and see if, and then I go, oh, I can't do that now. Okay, go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's see, did I win the lottery? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, that's a, that's a very good point. So, um, let's but, go ahead. So, so back to uh, quantum infusion. So what we're talking about here is the quantum realm. So what is the quantum realm? We, we all hear this term quantum this, quantum that a lot. And it's a very popular term to use right now because it sounds very, you know, like Star Trek or something. And it kind of is, you know, it's, it's very advanced science. Uh, it, it hasn't been that long that we've been aware of the quantum world. And so what is the quantum world? Well, basically what we're talking about is size. If you put it in its simplest terms, it's, it's simply size. And when you, when you understand that, you might think, well, what the heck difference does that make? You know, what size are we talking about? Well, we're talking about things that can be measured in the billionth of a meter, nanometers in other words. We're talking nanoscale. This is very, very tiny stuff. Uh, these, nanoparticles, uh, nano phenomenon have really only been uh, started to be studied in the last, oh, 100 years at most. Uh, now, there's some interesting stuff which, which does, is relevant to this that we'll, we'll talk about briefly, but uh, before it was even discovered, there, were, there, were, there was a couple of people who were uh, spiritual, you know, channels, whatever you want to call them, they uh, were sensitive and they could see things that other people couldn't see in the energetic realm. And this couple actually did a conscious, uh, they consciously chose to do an exploration of the nano world before there was even a word for it. And they actually accurately described the molecular structure of over 100 uh, elements in the periodic table of elements. They described many things, including nanoparticles that weren't discovered until like the 50s and 60s mm. and then were later proven to be accurate. So I'm throwing that out there because it's relevant to what we're going to be talking about. And you might think, oh, well, that's really interesting, but what does that have to do with this? Well, what it has to do with it is that what we've learned about the quantum world, when you get down to that size, things act differently. And this is the key part. Um, so what do I mean by that? Well, when we think of Newtonian science, which is you know the science that we've all been raised with, the science that's been around for much longer than the quantum science has, uh, when we think of that, we think of things like the law of gravity. You know, when you have uh, something in your hand, uh, like an apple, let's say, and you drop it, it falls to the ground. We we all understand that gravity is something that exists. You can't uh, you know use positive thinking to change it necessarily. Um, but when you get to the quantum world, gravity doesn't apply. And so you think, okay, well, that's interesting. So, so what? Well, it's not just gravity that doesn't apply. Um, many things are different there. For example, uh, something, there's something called quantum entanglement, where you can take two quantum particles that have been 
associated with each other, that are next to each other, that influence each other because of their proximity. And then you can take them and separate them by a mile, 10 miles, 10,000 miles. It doesn't matter how far it is. And then you can make a change in one of the particles and the other one will instantaneously change. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that the idea that the speed of light is the fastest speed available um, could not be true according to this reality that we now know is true. These, are, these kinds of experiments have been repeated over and over again. It's not uh, conjecture at this point. So somehow there's a communication between these two particles, even if they're halfway around the world and it's instantaneous. So that, that's a very, very significant thing. Here's a, here's a third thing, and then, then we'll move on from this introduction to the quantum world, is let's say that you have uh, light. Now, light's composed of these things called photons. Now, uh, photons can, can appear as either a wave or a particle. But if you're doing um, the experiment where you can isolate it down to just a few photons, and I'm not describing this like a scientist would, because I'm not a scientist. I'm trying to make this simple and understandable so that all of us can relate to the principle. But what essentially happens in some of these experiments that they've done is that the, um, the expectation of the scientist, the person who's observing the results of these photons, has an effect on what it is that they observe. So in other words, these quantum particles are also connected to our consciousness. So th these three things are examples, but they're very, very significant. They open the door for all kinds of other things to happen. Now, again, you may not know this, but many, many things that you commonly use in your daily life wouldn't be possible without this quantum understanding. And I'm not gonna go into all the details of that, because that's not what we're here to really talk about. And again, plus, I'm not a scientist. So I had the good fortune to work with many very renowned scientists in this area. That's when, when Carol says I've studied this, that's probably my biggest source of learning is from these people who actually do know a ton about this. Um, and so, so anyway, these things affect what can be done in our everyday lives. And what we're doing with quantum infusion is we're working in the quantum realm to affect the energetic pattern of the Wi-Fi or whatever uh, EMF we're dealing with. So to understand what that means, you have to understand that everything has an energetic signature or pattern at the subatomic level. What's really revolutionary about our technology is that we have figured out how to record these patterns, how to store them, and how to then use them, and how they work together. Now, uh, again, if we look at, and, and I'll, I'll pause here in just a moment, because Carol, you're probably wanting to ask a question. No, 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 I think you're doing a great job at interpreting the science, so keep going. So um, what happens is that um, there are many people out there working on uh, many processes to protect us and to do various things like protect from EMF. Um, and they all, anyone who's working in this quantum realm, uh, there are many different theories about it. And there are many different names for the energy that we're talking about. Uh, dark matter and dark light are probably the most scientific terms for what we believe that we're dealing with. 
uh, dark matter and dark light were only recently, relatively recently discovered. And now we know that they combined make up over 95% of reality, of this universe that we live in. It's a part of who we are. It's all around us. It's inside of us. It's not somewhere out there on, on a planet that's uh, millions of miles away. It's right here. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, the fabric of the universe. Well, the, these energies have different names. Now, traditionally in the past, uh, people have referred to these energies by names like prana and chi uh, and um, you know life force, different things like this in these ancient understandings. What's different about what we're doing here is that most of the modern ideas about how this energy works and what we can do with it do not include the understanding of these ancient people. Now, we do know that these ancient understandings work. Uh, you can take acupuncture, for example. We know it works. We know homeopathy works. We don't know why, but we know it works. Now, most of the scientists who are working in the quantum realm uh, have been you know, taught to um, hold a certain level of uh, of um, disdain or even contempt for these kinds of traditional understandings. Um, the thing that's scary to a lot of them is that much of quantum physics actually fits with some of these traditional understandings. What our scientists have done is they are trained in these traditional traditions, like traditional Chinese medicine, for example. So they understand this, and instead of rejecting all that information, which is valuable information, they've actually used it in their research, and they've built on it. So the working model that we use actually does not conflict with, in fact, it is an extension of traditional Chinese medicine. It is building on what's already there, but still remaining completely scientific in the modern sense of the word, which means repeatable uh, experiments that can be done by us and by others, and they have. So that's the background of this. So what we're doing with quantum infusion, just to summarize all this, is we're not blocking the EMF. We're transforming it into a pattern that is not harmful to people. So the next awesome. question, yes, it's very awesome. And the next question is, well, how do we know that? You yeah, know? yeah, that was my question. <laughs> Thank you for asking it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I mean, that's what I'd be asking. Okay, this sounds great, but how do we know it's really doing anything? After all, we don't have the means to operate in the quantum world the same way we do in the electromagnetic spectrum. In other words, if you're looking at frequencies of energy, what we call frequencies of energy, in the, in the electromagnetic spectrum, we, we have a number, we have a name, we, we, can, we can measure these things. We know that so many oscillations per second equals this frequency, for example, uh, you know, or that frequency. We, we have a way of measuring these. In the quantum world, we don't have that yet. And that's one of the things that's very, uh, you know, disturbing to, to scientists who, you know, scientists are used to measuring everything. That's what they do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but to operate in this world, you have to think a little bit outside that box. You have to do indirect proof of things. So, for example, uh, one of the uh, studies that was done on quantum infusion, specifically the quantum infusion that we're using 
to transform uh, EMF was done with a bunch of people, a group of people, I should say, a bunch. That doesn't sound very scientific, does it? You can you can see my non-scientific mind at work here. A group of people that were all uh, connected to brain imaging and monitoring equipment. Now, of course, there are many things they could measure, but what they did in this particular study was they measured two things, heating of the tissues and brain wave patterns. Now, uh, once they got a baseline of what brains look like, uh, then the next step was they had these people who were hooked up to this equipment start talking on cell phones. Well, within about three minutes, things started to happen. Their brain waves went from a coherent state to a non-coherent state, uh, which is not good. Uh, it means they couldn't think as clearly. They couldn't remember things as easily. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't make decisions as, as accurately, that kind of thing. And their um, brain tissues started to heat. Uh, and it's interesting, the men, men and women's brains were different. They heated differently. So we don't know what that means yet, but we just know that it's not exactly the same. Uh, we do know that children's brains are the most detrimentally affected by EMF because th we believe because their skulls are not as developed, not as hard, uh, not as protective. So, but anyway, back to the study. So then what they did was the next day, they have the same group of people and they're hooked up again. This time they're wearing the, what we call the Intrinity Plus. This is our, um, you know, this is what, how we're marketing this particular uh, technology to people. It is a pendant that you wear and it protects you from EMF by transforming the signal. So they had everyone wearing this technology and then they did the same thing, had the baseline and then had them start talking on cell phones and within 30 minutes, there was still no heating at all of the tissues and no brainwave change. In other words, the brainwave stayed coherent and the tissues didn't heat. So this is an indirect proof of, what, of the concept of uh, quantum infusion. Now, we've used quantum infusion with many other things besides this, but we're, today we're talking about uh, this particular application of it. And so when, when, you know, when most people who do, you know, why, uh, EMF uh, monitoring, the first thing they want to do is, well, can, you know, let's go measure how much EMF is here when you put this on. Well, it's still going to show up as EMF. So it's a little bit outside the realm of getting a monitor and monitoring the EMF. Uh, cause you're, again, you're not blocking it. You're transforming it. Um, there's an analogy of this that I like to share with people uh, because, and this may seem a little strange, but it, it is a good analogy, I think, which is that this happens already in nature. So how do we know this? Well, uh, we know this from the study of pigments, which is another thing that I've studied a lot um, over the last 35 years or so, or actually more than that. But um, pigments actually are protective from the radiation from the sun. Now, not to compare, a lot of people will say, well, it's the same as going out in the sun. Well, it isn't because the modulation of the waves is different and we know that it's much more destructive in the way that they're modulated in a cell phone, for example, than they are coming from the sun. It's not the same thing. But nonetheless, you've got this EMF from the sun, right? And of course, for the most part, we have this thing called the atmosphere, which protects us to a degree. 
But we also know that sometimes people get burned in the sun when they get too much sun, particularly if they're very fair skinned, particularly if they've been used to living in a climate without a lot of sun and they suddenly you know, take a vacation to Hawaii or something like that. Well, uh, from personal experience and from the experience of many thousands of people over the last 35 years, and because of other things uh, in science that we are aware of, experiments, we know that the pigments, when you ingest a lot of high-quality natural pigments into your body, in your diet, then what happens is you're less likely to burn. Uh, we've had many, many people who've done this. Now, how does this work? Well, you know, the easy way to say is it's like, well, it's like an internal sunscreen. Well, in fact, it's not really a screen because it doesn't block the sun. It simply transforms the wave to a form uh, that it can um, actually benefit the body instead of harming it. So in other words, you're getting the vitamin D, but you're not burning in the sun. Uh, we've had many, many extremely fair skinned people, you know, people with, you know, red hair and freckles and they burn at the drop of a hat. Um, thinking of one, one uh, friend of ours in Texas who loves to be outside all the time, and but yet she just can't do it without a lot of protection. Well, as she started loading up her body with pigments, and in this case she was uh, using another product that we uh, market and have developed called Biolumina, which is a super high uh, quality spirulina that we have quantum infused. She noticed that for the first time in her life, she could go out in the sun, go on a long bike ride, with no protection and have not, no burn at all. And of course, we don't recommend that you eat, a, you know, drink a smoothie and then go out and do that at one time. This is, it's not like a drug, it's something that has to build up in your body. So you wanna be eating it for, you know, at least a week or two before you do anything that drastic. And even then I would say use caution because, you know, we don't want you to get burned, that's not good for you. But the point is that nature does this too already. And what we're doing is we're using nature's we're following nature. We're, you know, some people call it biomimicry. We are following what nature is doing, except that we're using advanced science, which is based in nature, because these frequencies already exist. We're just using them in a conscious way. So that's, that's fascinating. The, the whole thing about the pigment uh, was very interesting. Thanks for sharing that, because Biolumina is really an amazing product. and. We're not going to go into a lot of details about it right now, but I want to. Um, but I'll put a link on the uh, show page so you can learn more about that. But let's let's talk about a little bit more about the uh, in Trinity Plus and just a little bit more about how that works. I know you you said a few things, but you just said a lot in there. I mean, you may not be a scientist, but you certainly know how to interpret the science really well. So I appreciate that. Well, there's uh, different ways that it can be used. Uh, the most common way is what I mentioned before is just wearing it. And, uh, you know, we have, we have it in two different sizes because some people, um, you know, for the people who are wearing it as a piece of jewelry, because it is a beautiful piece of art as well, yeah, and we, we we intentionally wanted it to be that way. Um, it's solid sterling silver. Each one is handmade. Uh, they are, you know, uh, they're they're unique. They're one of a kind. This is not a factory produced item. We have artists making these. Um, so there are two sizes. One is quite small for somebody who just wants the protection and wants to be able to, you know, just 
tuck it under their shirt or however. Usually it's worn as a necklace. Of course, if you just had it in your pocket, it would still protect you. Our research shows that it works the very best if it's up somewhere in the vicinity of where a necklace would be. Uh, so we highly recommend that, but you know, not everybody can do that for various reasons, but that's the best. And then we also have one that's larger. Now the larger ones, some people wear it, you know, I, I like to jokingly say the people who are into bling, you know, who want the really big jewelry, uh, it's about an inch and a third. It is spherical. These are a spherical thing. They're not flat. Uh, so they're not as quite as convenient maybe as a, a flat pendant would be, but but they certainly, like I said, are beautiful. They all look the same. It's just the bigger one is quite a bit bigger. Um, but it, the purpose of the bigger one is there are situations where uh, you cannot put a necklace on someone. Let's say you have a baby in a crib and you want to protect the baby. So you can hang this one. The big one, actually, the energy of it protects a whole room. So you could hang it in the room somewhere safe out of the reach of the baby and still protect the baby. Uh, another use for that is someone who is extremely sensitive. Uh, we've had people um, use them this way. Uh, for example, um, one woman who moved into an apartment complex and in that place uh, there were a bunch of smart meters and they were all clustered right on the wall next to her bedroom, which was horrible. She didn't realize it when she moved in. She didn't really even know it was a problem. But all of a sudden she started getting uh, headaches daily, you know, and her sleep patterns got completely disrupted to where she couldn't sleep more than about an hour at a time um, at, at night. So it was, you know, she was basically going crazy with this. And so she wanted uh, extra protection. So she bought a big one to hang in her apartment and she's wearing a medium one and she's feeling great. She said she noticed an, a, a change immediately and then within a week, all of her symptoms were gone. So um, That's fantastic and I will say too that um, I wear the medium one. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive but I'm not hypersensitive. And with the work that I do, uh, I, I'm on technology quite a bit. So I have noticed, I've been wearing this old, three or four weeks and I have noticed that I don't I don't feel because sometimes I would be on the computer and all of a sudden I just like oh my god I gotta I gotta get up and take a break and I still think you should do that for the most part go you know if you're on the computer a lot take a break and go walk outside be in nature do some breathing but I've noticed that I don't feel I don't feel as foggy I don't get that Oh my God! I got to get up right now and get away from this computer. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I think it's working for me. Great, great. You know, um, another little kind of um, a sidetrack here, but something that uh, people may not realize is that uh, the uh, genetically modified foods, which maybe you've heard of this before, GMOs. Most people have at least heard the term. Uh, which, yeah, I think my audience knows that. Term. Yeah, though. Yeah, those <laughs> those actually produce uh, some similar effects to EMF. Um, believe it or not, um, and they actually can sort of work together against you. Um, so it's it's very interesting to see uh, some of these things. A lot of it is in the realm of the the microbiome, which we now know EMF disrupts the the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. which is, of course, a key, I mean, to say it's a key part of 
the microbiome is an understatement. It's you could not live without these little critters. They, they're they're, not, they're energy cells, is what that, they are. Yeah, they're not human, but yet you, as a human, could not live without them. Yeah. Uh, they are part of the incredible number of cells in your body. More than half of your body is not human. Uh, it's it's other uh, other entities, other beings, other bacteria, uh, mi yeah, micro microbes, microbes, fungus. Yes, um, right. Yeah, there's more. But. Yeah. So the the idea though is that the uh, the GMOs are also um, uh, you know working against your gut microbiome biome, and so is the Wi-Fi. Um, in fact, there is a um, inflammation is a big big side effect of. Um, of Wi-Fi and uh, GMOs, and one of the things is uh, very specific things is the creation of something called peroxynitrite, and that is a incredibly damaging um, free radical that is formed both by GMOs and Wi-Fi. Um, so really, really good to recognize that these things are all connected. You know, the Wi-Fi is affecting your gut, your gut's affecting your brain. The Wi-Fi is also affecting your brain. Uh, so is the, the genetically modified food. Uh, decreased, uh, uh, increased, I should say, permeability of the blood-brain barrier is another thing that uh, is like the, the kind of double whammy or whatever you want to call it. Wi-Fi in particular, we know, de or not Wi-Fi, uh, I'm sorry, let's broaden it a little bit, EMF, uh, decrease or increases the permeability of the blood-brain barrier. And this is really a key thing because what that means is that stuff that is not supposed to be in the brain can get in there. And when you're, you know, when you're ingesting glyphosate. Um, Which and, also crosses the blood-brain barrier and breaks it down. Right. Well, and then it's even easier for that to happen. Uh, but there's other things that get in there too that aren't supposed to be there. So these things really do work together, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, we started as a company with Biolumina because that's kind of like the foundation. In our view, is like, okay, if you have, you don't have decent nutrition, how can you, you know, how can you deal with all these other things? And then uh, we've moved on to a specific protection from EMF because we feel so strongly that this is so, so, such a big deal. Um, and there are unfortunately other things that are really um, damaging too, and we're working on different ways of addressing those. And um, we will be bringing out more products that are a combination of um, various natural substances combined with quantum infusion to deal with other other problems that some of which people don't even realize exist. Uh, some uh, uh, some people do, but we're we're committed to providing alternatives so that people don't have to just you know suffer and and uh with these things it's yeah. it's it's too bad we have to be doing this you know yeah i mean yeah. some people might say well you're profiting off of that and i'm saying yeah we're we're bringing good stuff uh you know people are profiting we, off, we have off to of have solutions i mean you know uh, you know on my show i'm always you know talking about you know toxicity of our food and dangers of Glyphosate and other toxic chemicals, but I, you know, I, you, you tell people, you know, you educate them about what's happening, but you have to have solutions, and there are always solutions. So thank you for offering us some solution. And the bottom line, your first line of defense is to reduce exposure. 
always, right? Right. Yeah. So you, you know, you disconnect your Wi-Fi and you plug into your router, you turn it off at night, you turn off your, your cell phone and put it in another room when, you know, don't have it on constantly. But that being said, it's almost impossible to reduce the number of EMFs that we're constantly being exposed to. So it's great to have a product that can assist us to do that, along with all the other precautions we're taking. That's absolutely right. And I mean, you think about it, you, no matter what you do with your personal sources of EMF, there's always ones that you don't have control over. So um, blocking is great as a first step, but I think to really be protected, you want to protect your body. And I, I personally, I wear the big one and I just figure whoever's around me is getting a little bit of that effect too. So it's like my gift to them without them even realizing it. <laughs> That's great. That's <laughs> so. great. So we're going to be putting a link on the show page to this in, in Trinity Plus. And I think, Lance, that you mentioned that you have, if somebody orders it um, from from my site, from my website, that there's a, a special gift and you want to just briefly tell us what that is. Sure. Uh, what we're going to give you is, if you order through through uh, Carol's link, is a book that is all about some of the early research with um, with uh, spirulina that that was compiled by our mentor, uh, Dr. Christopher Hills. So this book is um, it's it's quite a wonderful um, source of information, and it's not uh, so much about EMF but it is about um, what spirulina can do for you. And of course, uh, you may or may not know there's lots of spirulina on the market. Most people know that. Uh, what we're talking about here is beyond anything that's out there, not just because it's quantum infused, but even before we quantum infuse it, we start with a level of uh, potency and quality that is unheard of out there. And uh, just to give you one little example of that, uh, the, the pigment level, and it is extremely off the charts high, uh, the blue pigment, which is the most protective pigment in there, uh, most spirulina has about 5% uh, phycocyanin, it's called, and ours has a minimum of 20%. You'll notice it smells, looks, and tastes different because if you've seen spirulina before, it's much, much darker uh, because of this high level of the blue pigment. That is a good thing. That's what you want. So um, anyway, that's what the book is, and we will include that automatically. You don't have to request it. You just order through that site it'll be added into your order and that's our gift to you oh that's wonderful well that way our listeners you know if they want to learn about it first you know, of course there's a lot of information on the site about it too but it's just extra extra you know research you know I, i'm a big big fan of people doing their research and absolutely and uh, if i might too just add uh one of the more, more interesting people who's worked in this realm for a long time is at the University of California at Irvine. Uh, he is no longer with us, unfortunately. He, he passed on uh, not too long ago. His name is Dr. Joey Jones, J-O-I-E Jones. And you can look him up. Um, and he's actually, he did some work with uh, quantum infusion as well. Uh, but he's done all kinds of amazing out-of-the-box experiments in that realm. Um, beyond our technology uh, that are, you know, is well worth looking into. Uh, you can find him on the web, I'm sure. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Lance, for being our guest today and for sharing your knowledge with our listeners. And I will put a link to the Trinity Plus and Biolumina on the show page. So 
I just think that this is a really great product, and I'm like you, Lance. I, I, I do a couple of different things, and I, I figure it can't hurt to, sure. to take these extra steps. So these are just a few tools that we're offering you that can assist. So uh, thanks again to all our listeners, and we appreciate you being on today and listening and and would appreciate you sharing this with others because this information about EMFs is so important and there's so many kids walking around with with uh, cell phones in their pocket and on their body and and you know and I'm I'm very concerned about the kid. Yes. I think absolutely. as as parents we can have some not complete but some control over that. So share this information and we'll be back soon with another great show.